0: Quality Living Made Simple Podcast Episode 11 Welcome to Quality Living Made Simple. We all want to have a quality life, but we run into difficult situations all the time. This is the podcast to help you understand what it really means to have a quality life and then to create and maintain that life by implementing simple tips, tools, and ideas. You can find out more information at qualitylivingmadesimple.com. I hope that you enjoy the show and share this with your social circles. Alright, I'm excited today to be able to have with me Dan Miller and so he is a, a very experienced and a great coach when it comes to discussing things as far as doing work that you love and being able to pursue the work that you were designed to do and so we're going to be having a short discussion here about some of the different things i've had a couple of questions that have been submitted as well and so just to get started off thanks uh, for joining us today Dan.
1: Absolutely, my pleasure. hope we can bring your listeners some uh, ideas and new inspiration.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I want to go ahead and open with one of the questions I was given, and this was submitted by Jen Adana. She's also known as um, the Iron Jen. And she asked, what drives you each day to be your best and how to keep um, and how do you get through tough times?
1: Probably what drives me to be my best. You know, I have such an internal loaded spring that keeps me going. I sure don't need anybody to look over my shoulder. I'm my own harshest taskmaster in terms of doing things, but I mean, every morning I wake up and I think, oh my gosh, you know, I've got to accomplish more in the next 10 years than I did in my entire life so far. I really am just wired that way. I love setting high goals. I love accomplishing new things, trying new things that I haven't done before. And I have a pretty clear sense of what I was put on earth to do. So in terms of what I ought to accomplish, that's pretty clear. I don't scratch my head a lot in terms of just trying to figure out, gee, what should I be doing? I mean, my my purpose in life is to help other people identify how they can figure out what their greatest gifts and talents are, and then how to turn that into meaningful, purposeful, and profitable daily work. So all I have to figure out is, am I going to write, speak, coach? What vehicle am I going to use today to do that? And there's so many opportunities in all of those arenas, that I just get up, and I mean, I'm ready to hit the ground running every morning. Hit the treadmill, spend an hour in the treadmill listening to great podcasts, so I've got additional information pumping into my brain by the time I get to my desk at about 9 o'clock, and I'm ready to go. And as far as the, the tough times... You know, I had somebody ask me about that just recently, and there have certainly been times of struggle, and there have been some major kind of business disasters that I've been through. I don't dwell on that much. I just keep going. I, I heard an interview with Richard Branson just this last week, and in that they were asking him about that, and he says, you know what, I don't remember the bad times. I only remember the good times. And I think I'm kind of put together in that same way. I just don't really remember the bad times much. There's so many good things that have happened in my life. That's what I remember. That's what I focus on. That's what I expect, and that's pretty much what I get.
0: All right. Well, thanks, Dan. I want to look at a couple things. Two of the books that that you've written, or at least two of the books, I guess. Uh, I guess several of them, but the two that I want to look at today are uh, Forty Eight Days to the Work You Love, and then also we'll touch on a little bit of your new book, Wisdom Meets Passion. From from at least the 48 Days book, you mention about the fact that God has uniquely gifted you in certain areas, and those are things that we should try to pursue. Do you mind elaborating on any of that? Sure. I think there are three things that I clarify in 48
1: Days. I think there are three things though, that we ought to really understand about ourselves in order to then blend those into work that's meaningful and purposeful. First one is gonna be skills and abilities. What is it that you do really well? Not is it what you just are able to do, but what do you continue to enjoy doing? The second thing is personality traits. And this is sometimes something we overlook, but are you real outgoing? I had lunch today with a, with a doctor who's very introverted and he's really frustrated because he's in a work environment that requires him to see, you know, 30, 40 people a day. And it's just really making it hard for him. And I said, well, it's not that you need to just bucket up and learn how to do that better, you need to find an opportunity that doesn't force you to be in have so much face time with people, where you still use your skills, your empathy, your desire to help people, but it puts you in a different kind of work environment. It was really encouraged, but we need to look at that. So number two is personality traits. Number three is what I call values, dreams, and passions. One of those things that just keep reoccurring is that when you're with kids that you most or when you're doing something in sports, or when you're indoor outdoor working on ideas and not with people at all, can you know right, wrong, good, or bad. But in looking at those three areas, skills and abilities, personality traits, values, dreams, and passions, you ought to start to see some clear patterns emerge. And then it's simply a matter of defining what work would allow those things to come together. What blend those? That's where we find that sweet
0: spot where people do have meaningful and profitable work. Okay, that kind of ties in with your new book, Wisdom Meets Passion. You talked there about about having passion, finding what you're good at and having that passion, but it's more than just passion. you got to have the wisdom there as well. Is that correct? That's correct.
1: Passion can be unbridled and it can be dangerous. I mean, passion, you can see a 19-year-old going down the freeway in the back tire of his Harley, 90 miles an hour with no helmet. You know, that that's passion, but it needs to be shaped and directed by wisdom. So certainly we don't want passion to diminish as we get older. It's not a matter of going from one to the other. We want both of those to be at 100% no matter where you are age-wise. But Wisdom is what shapes our passion and gives it some meaning.
0: That's great. Also in 48 Days... You mentioned, and I think this is a very key thing that a lot of people get stuck with, is the difference between vocation, career, and a job. Too many times we focus on the job and and, and we lose focus of, of the purpose of all three of those.
1: And they really are different too. It's a great point, Josh, because we use those terms interchangeably a lot, vocation, career, and job, but they're very different. Vocation is the big picture. That ought to include things like our purpose, our calling, our mission, our destiny. So that's the big picture. Career is a subset then of that. So if you want to make the world a better place or help reduce pain and suffering in the world or whatever you want to do, that can be part of your vocation or calling. The Career then is a subset. And with any kind of vocation, there ought to be 20 careers that would fully embrace that. Job is the smallest component. Job is just what we do daily to create income, and certainly we want it to support those other two. But when we frame it like that, it takes the pressure off the job being the most important thing in our lives. Job is just one application. So if job changes, whether through circumstances or our own choosing, it's not like we're starting over, we just simply find another application for what we know our vocation or calling is.
0: Yeah, that's something that that was definitely an eye opener for me when I read that. I, I kind of had something in in the back of my head that that kind of made a separation between them. But my focus was on okay, I'm trying to find the job per se that that God has called me to. And then uh, as as a, I read that in your book, and I started thinking about it, I really God calls us through that vocation through the big picture, and then He leads us. Then to be able to try to find the the best fit within the career and then more specifically that job that that he wants us to do or th- that will be a, a, a perfect fit to be able to fit that bigger calling absolutely yep and so and so I've been going through a process myself here the last year or so being able to narrow that down more and it's kind of a continuous process and so and so it's definitely been a blessing to me to be able to make that realization, and I'm starting to see a difference now in the things I'm able to do, and the things I'm doing now are able to be more enjoyable because I'm starting to see it in light of the big picture as well.
1: hmm Good.
0: You also mentioned... I've heard uh, Dave Ramsey and Chris LaCurdo and uh, several others uh, speak about this, but but about having a balance in all of the areas of your life. And so, I mean, we're talking about primarily here about creating work that you love or finding work that you love and being able to have that, uh, follow your passion in that area. But it's all about having a balance in all of your life, correct?
1: That's right. Yeah, if, if we have super success in one area... But are lacking in the others. You know, we're going to feel the pain of having those others suffer. If we, if somebody loses a job, as an example, it acts as kind of a pin in a balloon. Well, you know, there's air in the balloon, but the, everything goes toward that pinhole. But everything in our life works in somewhat the same way. If you're trucking along and all of a sudden you, know, you hit your thumb with a hammer, boy, that gets your attention. That's all you think about. We can't just focus on one area to the exclusion of the others. And we've all seen examples of people who have done extremely well in their career and finances, but they sabotage personal relationships along the way or their health. Well, that's not a model we want to emulate. So this isn't a matter of being mediocre in everything. And I have a, a poster in my office that says, my tastes are simple. I want, I want the best in all areas. And I really do strive for that. I don't think that's unrealistic at all. So I want to be extraordinarily successful in every area of my life. And it's not a matter of just artificially saying, well, each area is gonna get you know, three hours a day. We don't divide it up artificially like that. There are weeks when I spend an inordinate amount of hours just in my work. Our children are grown, my wife is busy. Sometimes I have the luxury of just doing that. That doesn't mean that during that kind of week that I'm going to ignore my health needs, my spiritual needs, other areas of my life, socially, connections that I need to be making. I'm going to devote time to those things as well. So I I try to work on areas simultaneously. It's not a matter of, well, this week I'm going to do this. Ben Franklin had 13 major principles that he worked on. He worked on one a week. So four times a year he'd rotate through all 13 of those. I don't try to do that. I try to have multiple things that I'm addressing. I mean, today uh, I had meetings this morning, but then my daughter and son-in-law and one of my granddaughters, you know, stopped by for an hour. Well, boom, that's that's great. You know, we can spend time together. Went out and looked at my new hostas that are just popping up through the soil this time of year. You know, did things that were totally unrelated to work during that period of time. Then I had a lunch with a gentleman, you know, just wanted to run some ideas past me. It wasn't really a business meeting. He's a longtime friend, but I uh, wanted to spend some time together. So my day is always full of a variety of things where it's not just focused on one area, but in the course of a day, I'm going to address pretty much all seven areas of our lives that I think need attention.
0: That's good. Uh, something else that you mentioned, I believe, in both books is uh, this idea of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Are are you able to explain what that is briefly?
1: Sure, sure. I love talking about that. We all heard in Psychology 101 in college, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs It's a pyramid. And at the bottom, our security, and then the, the theory is that we have to meet the needs at the bottom levels before we move up each one in an ascending order. So the first is safety and security, and then belonging and self-esteem, and we slowly move up to where we ultimately get self-actualization or even transcendence. Well, that makes a nice conceptual model, but we see a lot of people today, especially these Gen Y and Gen X, the young crowd coming up, who defy that pyramid structure totally. They're content to live in a closet somewhere They they don't care about having a mortgage, a 401k, or a Mercedes in the driveway. They want to change the world. They want to do something transcendent. Of course, we see that even in people like Mother Teresa, who wasn't concerned about safety and security and all those things. She just wanted to make the world a better place. So we see the reshaping of that, or even the inversion of that pyramid a lot especially in the younger generation. I think it's really exciting to see how they're bypassing some of the things that baby boomers thought were important.
0: Okay. Yeah, and that reversed pyramid that you talk about, in the book you call that Dan's Hierarchy of World Changers. Yes. Yeah.
1: And we we see that. I I have the privilege of, of being around a whole lot of world changers, I have a son, as you know, co-wrote the book, Wisdom Meets Passion with me, who lives in Nairobi, Kenya. But he is in Africa and has opportunities there to make a big impact on that part of the world and beyond. But he's certainly an example of one who flipped that pyramid. He could care less about owning cars and houses and stock portfolio and all those things, just not even on his radar. But he's making a big difference in how people think and the opportunities they see.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's been a, an enjoyable. I haven't. Uh, I just kind of got started reading "Wisdom Meets Passion" uh, here a week or two ago, so I haven't gotten too far in it yet. But it's been a, a blessing to be able to not just read the things that you've written, but the, uh, in the book, uh, the things that Jared wrote in uh, are in red. And it's been a uh, great to be able to see his story and his input in that, and uh, and he talks about the different things that he's uh, working at in there uh, over there in uh, Africa. And so that's been yeah. that's been good.
1: Yeah, his insights are pretty amazing. That was that was a phenomenal experience for me as a dad to be able to do that book with my son. Of course, the book itself was prompted by a conversation that I had with Jared about eight years ago when he first went to Africa, the very first night before he was going, he wrote an email to his mom and I and said, my fear about what I'm going to attempt to do is pretty overwhelming, but my passion for what I'm committed to do exceeds my fears of inadequacy. And I thought, wow, if I could capture that, that kind of passion that gets us past low self-esteem, fears of inadequacy, lack of courage, all those things. That kind of passion, if we could package that or help people tap into that, think of what they could do because so many people get trapped in exactly that. Fear of inadequacy, low self-esteem, lack of courage, they're just other people's expectations. They get trapped in all those things. They've never really found, you know, that they've never really given their passion a chance to develop enough to live an authentic meaningful life.
0: Yeah, it's been a great encouragement. So I look forward to being able to finish the book and see, be able to get all the other information there. Uh, I did have uh, a couple other questions here that were submitted, and so we're going to go ahead and try to jump to those real quick. One of them was from Mark Sievercrop and I'm just going to go ahead and read the whole thing. He says, Dan, your podcast has made a huge difference in my life over the past year and a half. My question is, I'm trying to work on thinking more creatively. What activities or exercises do you use to develop and maintain the ability to think create, uh, creatively?
1: Yeah, well, great question. Uh, we do address that at a length in wisdom meets passion, but some of the things that are easy to identify are to just break the pattern of sameness. If we, we tend to get into patterns where we just do things the same day after day, we drive the same way to work, you go to the same church, you go to the same restaurants, wear the same shirts, and all of a sudden our life is pretty small. And so I said, just give yourself a chance to kind of break those patterns. Drive a different direction to work. Read a book you would not otherwise read. We meet with some people whose fate is different than yours and have a chance to discuss and share together. Go to a restaurant, kind of ethnic food that you wouldn't eat otherwise just stretch yourself just to give yourself some new opportunities what happens there's a, there's a concept called reticular activator here's how it works if you go out Josh this afternoon and you buy a red Volvo four-door sedan tomorrow you're going to see on the road about half a dozen red Volvo, four-door sedans, you going to think, my gosh, did everybody go to the dealership yesterday and buy the same cars I did? No, they were there all along. They just weren't on your awareness radar. But now having one yourself, all of a sudden, it's that reticular activator where you notice those things. Well, we can do a lot of things in our lives to force ourselves to have that reticular activator in place where we just anticipate seeing things in new ways. If you have been to the 48 Days site, I'm sure you've seen a picture of Aristotle. This is our big carved eagle that we have in the approach to my office, where it's carved out of a standing tree, but it was a cedar tree that didn't come back to life in the spring about four years ago. But rather than just cut it down and have a stump to deal with, I immediately started thinking, what could I do with this tree that is not normally done? and had a lady come out and i said terry i'm just confident there's an eagle trying to get out of that tree and after a little bit of encouragement she agreed with me and came out set up scaffolding and released this amazing eagle but that i i look at everything in that way all right here's something that to somebody else would just be a nuisance or a waste product what could i do with it that would be interesting just recently Joanne, my wife, and I were looking online at lights for the outside of our house. Now, we have, we love our home, and, and we've had two of the outside lights that have been damaged because of falling trees. So instead of just trying to match them up with the lights that have been up there for quite a while now, I decided I'd just replace all of them. And she said, well, we could just go to Home Depot and get some, I said, yeah, we could, but I don't want to do that. I want something that's different, even in something that simple. I want something that is just remarkable. And I said, you know how we are. You know, we want something that people are going to talk about. And I immediately thought of that old Bonnie Raitt song. Let's give them something to talk about. So even in something that simple, I'm going to try to see what other people don't see. And that's been the basis of my business, frankly, is helping people see what they might otherwise miss. So we have events here at the sanctuary where we get people together and that's what we do. We just stretch people's thinking. We just had an event here and we had a magician here who did some amazing things. I mean, took a hundred dollar bill from my son-in-law and then about 30 minutes later, he cut open a lemon right in front of us and pulled out this juicy, wet, soaked, hundred dollar bill. And I'm like, how in the world do you do that? Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I don't want to know magic, but seeing that helps me see things in new eyes. Expect the unexpected. So there's a lot of things we can do to help our creativity.
0: All right. I got one more here. This is from Jeremy Carver. And he he writes, he says, wisdom meets passion book. Wow. Brilliant concept. Excellent execution and super insightful. Thank you and Jared for or thank you and Jared for this book. Then he says, What advice do you have for fathers who desire to this kind of relationship with their future adult sons? How do fathers nurture and encourage individualism, freedom, and confidence as their children develop? Wow,
1: boy, that is a hot spot right there. When I speak about wisdom and passion almost without exception, no matter what I speak about, if I speak about the younger generation coming into the workplace, if I speak about finding your passion or shaping that with wisdom, ultimately, people at the back of the room waiting for me want to know, how can I have a relationship with my son or daughter like you obviously have with Jared? Jared has chosen a very different lifestyle than his mom and I have, but what I discovered in writing this book was although our lifestyle and many things are very different, At the very core, our values and beliefs are really identical. Now what we did as parents, and what I would encourage parents to do, is find that uniqueness of your child. They may not be clones of you. They may not want to do exactly what you've done. We've got to give them that freedom in Proverbs 22, 6, it just says, "'Train up a child in the way he should go, "'and when he's old, would we'll not depart from it.'" We misuse that verse a lot, thinking that we're gonna force our kids to do what we did, and then they're gonna grow up to be godly giants, where in the original translation, it really reads better, "'Train up a child in the way that he or she is bent, "'and when he's old, we'll not depart from that.'" So our challenge as parents is to figure out what's unique about this child. We've had a lot of expectations that each generation would be, would move up academically and socioeconomically. But what happens if your dad is a brain surgeon and you really have a desire to have a landscape business or to be a carpenter? Are you gonna have the opportunity to do that or is somebody gonna force you to go to the right college, go to a graduate degree and create a life that you hate? That's the danger, so it's, it's not really complicated, but it requires its sensitivity to allow our children. This doesn't mean we just give them free rein. No, we certainly didn't in our home. There were things that weren't gonna happen under our roof, but still to allow them to discover their own unique abilities. What are their skills and abilities, their personality tendencies, their values, dreams, and passions? And I think we start to get indications of that when children are very, very small. My little granddaughter that was here today is not yet one year old, and already, you know, we're seeing in her expressions, the way she responds and reaches out, you know, personality traits that are pretty clear already, even at that very young age. So that's privilege and
0: opportunity we have as parents that's awesome advice It's awesome advice i i i kind of had a similar question myself and so i have uh two kids my son is six my daughter just turned four and so uh very important uh ages to be able to try to start that development and so i and i yeah and i believe jeremy has uh small children as well and so that's why he's really concerned about that, trying to be able to develop that kind of relationship with them to be able to okay. mold them better. All right, well, then that's going to go ahead and do it for today. There's uh, probably about 20 more hours of content we could probably cover, uh, <laughs> but uh, oh, yeah. I don't think my recorder would go that long, and so <laughs> it, It's an ongoing,
1: ongoing process, but yeah, I have been delighted to have the conversation with you, and uh, wish you well in the business you're developing.
0: Well, thank you. As a colleague here, why don't you just go ahead and uh, let everybody know, if they don't already, how they can be able to get a hold of you or be able to get more of what you have to offer.
1: All right, sure. 48days.com is our primary website, and that has a lot of resources there. and People can access my newsletter, podcast, and blog, and other things that will help them. Uh, And then 48days.net, as you know, Josh, is our social networking site, I really like to call it a business networking site, where people not just share what they had for breakfast, but they're sharing real ideas and advice, linking arms with other people and helping them go to higher levels of success. So net is a pretty interesting place for people to connect with like-minded individuals and again, accelerate their own path to, to their own success.
0: All right. Well, thanks again, Dan, for joining us today. All right, you're
1: most welcome. Delighted to be your
0: guest. Yes, thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode, and so I know I definitely enjoyed being able to have that interview with Dan, and so the time that he took was definitely an opportunity. And I would encourage you to go ahead and go to his website, 48days.com, to be able to check out the many things that he has offered there and so he has obviously the books that we talked about 48 days to the work you love wisdom meets passion he has several others as well that are available and he has a lot of great resources there he blogs there i believe several times a week and so he has a lot of great content coming that way and definitely if you are interested go to 48days.net And you could be able to go there, join the community, and so you can be able to uh, sign up for that. And so it is a membership type of thing. It doesn't cost anything. It's free. And so I joined that a few months ago, and I've been thoroughly enjoying being able to make some connections, be able to have some uh, conversations there, be able to ask some questions about certain things that I'm wondering about, and then also being able to give some of my advice and pointers and things like that to others as well. And so that's been a great opportunity, so you can go there, be able to sign up, Uh, a simple process there, but they want to make sure that they have some people that are serious, not just people that are going to try to spam everybody else with uh, uh, different uh, products and things like that. But anyway, uh, you can go there, and then also uh, go ahead and go to the show notes for this episode, you can go to simpleliving.us forward slash zero one one, as in episode 11, and you could be able to access uh, some of the points there that we mentioned. Also, the links to the websites are there as well. And you could be able to scroll down, and you can leave a comment. I would definitely be able to like to hear from you, and perhaps you have a story you like to share about uh, your own pursuit of work that you love. And so I'm in the middle of my own pursuit, and so I'll be sharing more about that as. Uh, The days go on as we get into different episodes and I'll be sharing some things on the blog as well in addition to what I have already shared and so in starting my own business and then also the expansion of the blog and this podcast and then I am also working on a uh, book that I hope to have uh, released this summer. Uh, I'm still, uh, I'm putting some finishing touches on it, and so I'm about uh, three-quarters of the way done writing it, and then i got to go through the editing process, and then there's going to be several bonus things involved in that as well. And so, uh, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap this episode up, and I do thank you again for taking the time to listen to this. I do hope that you'll take a quick second to be able to share this with your, with your uh, social circles as well. And that you could even uh, head on over to iTunes. You can go to simpleliving.us forward slash iTunes. And that'll take you to the iTunes site there as well. And you could be able to leave a review and a comment iTunes there for me. And I would definitely appreciate that opportunity to be able to spread the message a little bit more there. And I hope you have a great day. And I hope that you will work on pursuing work that you love.